This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. This is a podcast that is dedicated to tackling the first season of Apple TV's Physical, the aerobics TV show starring Rose Byrne, and I'm Joe Lipset, and I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Gina Radcliffe. Hello! As well as Jen Adams. Hi, Jen. Hi! All right, folks, we are up to episode four. We are talking about let's get this party started and uh ladies this episode if i wasn't into the show before this episode has confirmed that i am 110 percent on board oh yeah i'm so glad to hear that because i am too yeah <laughs> yeah i it, it's definitely a domino tipping episode which is always mm-hmm. exciting and 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 you you know a good test of whether or not you're going to stay on board see what happens mm-hmm yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like this is the first episode where we're finally starting to see Sheila push back against the suppression, push back mm-hmm. against the patriarchy, push back <laughs> against Danny wearing some kind of muumuu parka and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, like a like a poncho. I know when uh-huh. I it's keeping him safe. Okay. Yeah. Oh when I gosh. when I was a, when I was a teenager, we called them drug rugs. Because oh. a, a, a certain type of, you know, person would wear them, usually someone who listened to The Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think they wore them with nothing underneath them. <laughs> it's a rough look to try to pull off if you're not wearing underpants, yes. Yeah, yeah, he's hiding his light under a poncho. And there's some interesting tinting later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <sighs> okay. So this is the episode where we are introduced to a new character. Whew, have we finally found someone who's worse than I Danny? was going to say. A hundred percent. You guys, I watched this right after we finished recording last time and I almost messaged both of you. It's like, just wait. <laughs> oh, you think Danny's bad? Have you met Jerry, played by oh, Jeffrey Arend? Jesus this Christ. This man is horrendous. Someone is working out their issues with men on this show. (laughs) (laughs) With the possible exception of Tyler, who's looking better and better every episode. Like Mm -hmm. every every male character in in the show is just absolutely atrocious in every possible way. And every possible way and in their own unique ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jerry sucks. Fuck Jerry. Oh my god! I, I worry because a lot of the reviews uh, that I have read, and then I did my own review, uh, says that a lot of the show focuses too much on on Danny's political campaign. So okay. I, I I fear that we're going to get a lot of Jerry, and, yes. and I I don't know how much Jerry I can take. Oh yeah, he is a very grating character. I mean, I think used in a very comedic way and also in a way that makes it even that much easier to get onto Sheila's side. So if you found her prickly or difficult or just like, oh, she's she's a mean character, enter Jerry and suddenly Mm -hmm. Sheila seems like a ray of fucking sunshine. Well, 
Well, it, it, mm-hmm. it's just another way that, that Danny has no respect for her is that this is right. a, a this another one of his college friends, right? Mm-hmm. And just you're you're letting your college friend, your, any friend, talk to your partner like that, just being de- mm-hmm. just being demeaning and dismissive and sarcastic, and you're just like meekly going along with with your your friend insulting your romantic partner. Mm-hmm. And the way he talks to her, you can tell he is used to talking to her like this oh tequila Mm -hmm. sheila yeah 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 and it rubs off on danny too because he turns into i mean more of a dick you know Mm -hmm. than he was although he was already the bar was pretty low but he's only yeah he's only nice to sheila when it's just the two of them right and when he's high you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's like he like jerry gives him permission and kind of reverts him back to that life that they had where they didn't have rules and they didn't have expectations although i have a huge soapbox about how they have expectations and rules for sheila oh, of they course. just don't expect to have to live by them mm-hmm. themselves so i wonder do you think a character like jerry is introduced to a make danny look slightly more palatable but also b maybe explain where some of danny got this from no, it add to me it makes danny look worse Oh really? Okay. Yeah, because because like I said, Danny just doesn't defend Sheila. She, she's his, she's his wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jerry is you know sarcastically bringing up a subject that is obviously very painful to her, which is the first you know hint that we get that that she is estranged from her parents, mm-hmm. and that her parents and that her parents apparently have money. Yes. So you know this is something Jerry knows you know will get to her you know a little dig for no reason. Mm-hmm. And Danny just like doop to do. I'm just gonna stand here and let him do this, and it's just like, come on, Danny, that's your wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it just shows that Danny doesn't care. Danny really cares about how he looks, and so yeah. Jerry comes in and starts questioning him, like, "Oh, you sold out. Oh, you're tucking your shirt in. Oh, you have a a house payment now. You know." And he doesn't <laughs> say all of those things, but like, he might as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you're not living by your wits. So you're not like true to the movement or whatever. And and actually, as much as I really hate Jerry, I like him, his character, because I've known guys like that. I was married to a guy like that. And they suck. And they're out there. And they're real. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. all Danny's. It's a lot of Jerry's and a lot of in between, you know, and I think it really shows it shows kind of where Danny sees himself in the pecking order, you know, because I feel like he clearly feels like Jerry is kind of dominant. But when, I don't know, I don't know where I'm going with this, but like (laughs) he's treats Sheila like shit when Jerry's not around. And then suddenly Jerry shows up and it's like this whole other level of, Oh, I really don't have to care. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't help but wonder if part of the reason that we all have responded so strongly, I mean, Jerry is, He's verging on a caricature. He is yes. so broadly offensive. Like any character that says the line, the hair of the pussy can pull a freight train. Ooh, You're just like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that and that definitely shows some resentment that, you know, Danny ran off and got married and the good times came to an end. It's like, dude, how mm-hmm. old are you? Uh-huh. Oh, for sure. You've got to be like 30 at this point. If not 35 and you're and you're you're still upset because your friend got married. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's just it. I actually think that this is like an infantilizing relationship, right? They have regressed back to who they were in college. And, you know, Danny has never been a great guy. But the fact that he has disrespected Sheila has been 
more subtle, right? Like he takes advantage of her because he doesn't appreciate her. And then mm-hmm. here we can clearly see that he's back to this macho bullshit frat boy kind of behavior. Like women are just there as sex objects or to be ordered around, like bring me coffee, bring me booze. Don't bring the party mm-hmm. down. Right. Yeah. And they mention Jerry mentions, I think, I, I don't know how clear he is about it, but it, you get the impression that he is recently separated or recently divorced yes. or recently single. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I wonder like if a lot of this is like his kind of anger at being kicked out and not being able to just kind of be his douchebag self and get away with it. And maybe his wife was maybe a lot like Sheila and finally just kind of had enough, you know? I wouldn't surprise. I was going to say, who wouldn't? <laughs> I know, Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it reminded me actually a lot of Gone Girl, you know, which is maybe something we can talk about a little bit later when we talk more about Sheila. But like this idea of like Sheila being cool, you know, and being cool means letting your husband or your significant other get away with whatever he wants and Mm -hmm. treat you like garbage and living by all the rules that they set for you, but not expecting them to have any kind of responsibilities. You know, they get to do the cool stuff and you make the coffee. Right. Well, this is very much the episode where Sheila loses her cool, right? So, <laughs> yep. you know, the the party, the titular party is one in which Sheila very aggressively is like, okay, we're going to go to this party. We're going to make this money thing happen because Sheila knows that she is fucked with Jerry's arrival because there's no money in the bank to pay him to be Danny's campaign manager. So the party it is, right? It's their best option. But I love that when Danny doesn't show up, as we knew, he would not. Mm-hmm. It was uh, obvious to everyone except Sheila, I think. And when she comes back, for me, I, I shouldn't have cheered because I know it's kind of like a woman-on-woman microaggression. But when Simone tries to compliment her and she mm-hmm. just shuts it the fuck down, like right away, has no time for it, I was like, oh, here we go. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that because it is it is a woman on woman microaggression. But I also kind of rope Simone into Danny's treatment of Sheila, you know, like she she takes her cues from Danny and Danny is signaling to everyone that Sheila is the one that gets like in the last episode where they're passing out the clipboards and everything, Danny treats Sheila a certain way and Simone is enabled to treat her that way also. And even when we first meet Simone, like she's kind of like in awe of Sheila, but Danny has still kind of offered her up as like a way for him to have sex with Simone. Mm -hmm. I have a problem with with Simone as a character, mostly because I just do not buy her wanting to be around Danny all the time. (laughs) <laughs> I don't buy that for a single second. Now, is that just because you find Danny abhorrent? Yes, partially, but I just <laughs> I, I don't see what he what anything about him would be fascinating or attractive to a a you know, a nineteen year old girl. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I dated some guys like Danny. I feel like. I don't know. There, he's he does have a charisma to him, you know. At certain points, and like like I was saying in one of the earlier episodes, like he makes some good points, but then you start to see through all of his bullshit. And maybe I feel like Simone would have seen through that by now. One can hope. Yeah, because there's really no substance to him. It's everyone else. Right. And I think part of the issue is that Simone isn't a proper character, right? She's there to relay information about who Danny is and how he treats women. And Mm -hmm. then consequently, how women then treat Sheila. And 
I see her almost as like a mirror where Sheila can look at Simone and say, oh, you're the version of a woman that Danny wants to fuck and that he maybe respects. You're what I used to be to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't make her less frustrating, right? Because every time no. she shows up, we think, okay, but who are you? Yeah. She just a construct. Well, and I think at that time period, I think a lot of young women would see gaining power by having proximity to a man. And if she's got this position in his campaign, then maybe she's just kind of telling herself that he's dreamy, you know? Mm-hmm. So I wonder, can we switch and talk a little bit about Greta in this episode? Because I feel oh. like we've had a bit of a breakthrough. Yes. She broke my heart in this episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> she breakthroughed my heart, so yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, the moment when she comes out and she does not want to do the exercise um, session with Sheila, and she's like, I just couldn't make myself get out of my jammies today. And then talking about uh, making all of the cookies and then eating them all, you know, and I have, I've not done that specifically, but I have definitely done things like I ate all five of my Reese's cups today because they were in my house and I had to get them out of the house. And it's it's just so sad. And I think it's a breakthrough for Sheila, too, because I think Sheila kind of sees a little bit of herself there. Oh, yeah, the de- she definitely is softened a little bit to Greta at this point. Now, I, I worry because... Sheila has, I mean, it's almost a setback, but not quite. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she kind of flirts with the idea of doing the binging and purging thing and then changes her mind. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I, I feel like that Danny just being, you know, peak horrible by the end of this episode, yeah. that I, I feel like, you know, that it's going to expend any goodwill she might be starting to feel towards Greta. I, mm-hmm. I, I hope not. Because, you know, I mean, we knew it was coming that they were going to see that they had some common ground eventually. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but I think that it, this is a good time for that to happen before Sheila becomes, you know. The hardened bitch. Right. Before, <laughs> like, her, her you know, inner voice just becomes, like, relentless and I don't want to have to hear this anymore. Right. Yeah, it was interesting to see how she reacted to Greta throughout that because... You could see, and I think Rose Byrne is so fantastic in this role, you could see the emotions playing out on her face like, I don't want to be familiar to this woman. I don't want to be her friend. Let's just focus on the aerobics. But at the same time, you could tell it was a facade. Like, she was so eager to focus on exercise because she didn't want to be human to this woman. Mm -hmm. And I love how that's all communicated through her like fucking pelvic thrusting and like no come on jazz hands with me Mm-hmm. because she's not being paid for this is she no i, I think this is a hundred percent goodness of her heart sort of stuff well until she steals their video camera True, <laughs> yes or like ask for campaign donations too like she is right, trying to get in her yeah. good graces but yeah and that's the other thing like how does she go forward with greta and her plan knowing that this is this is gonna come out at some point oh, like sure. that's a, a big camera you know and at this point in time that would have been a really expensive piece of equipment oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. i almost wish that tyler had made a bigger deal of it because i mean he's a chill surfer dude but all we get from him is like whoa this is really great and you're like no People in 2021 would not understand what a camera like that would be worth in 1981. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think it's implied it's not even on the market yet, so you can't even buy it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting because we saw Sheila in the last episode steal the date book, you Mm -hmm. know, and then we saw her, like, this feels like a big, really risky escalation and, like, very impetuous and very kind of self-destructive for her to steal that camera. You know what, though? I Honestly, I have read somewhere that one of the most common groups of people that engage in shoplifting are women. middle middle to upper class women. Yeah. Really? Yep. Interesting. It, it it's a control issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know you can get away with it because you know that, you know, you have the money to pay the store back mm-hmm. for whatever it is that you steal. So and usually mm-hmm. with I don't know if either of you have ever done retail, most of the time if you're willing to to, you know, pay back the store, they they don't press charges because it's mm-hmm. it's more of a hassle than it's worth. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's to gain some sense of control. Mm-hmm. Which is what binging and purging, I think, ultimately is oh, in sure. a lot of ways. Yeah, so I do like how that kind of ties in thematically. And she really doesn't have control over anything in her life other than this aerobics thing now Now that she's teaching. And she just went to teach, which would be a method of control, and Greta shot her down. Yeah, because I, I mean, as we discussed in the last episode, Sheila has now switched from food as her main area of, of control to now exercise. Like, you can mm-hmm. still see it. I I do love that the creative team hasn't just gone back to the same whiteboard of like, okay, we don't need the mantra. We don't need her working out in the basement. Like, we know that all of that is still happening in the background. Mm-hmm. But like, when she goes and she does not get that fix at Greta's house and then mm-hmm. immediately just steals from her, you're like, oh, okay. The pattern of behavior here is just it's so bad it's like it's like a drug it's like a drug addiction it really Mm -hmm. yeah yeah white lady drug addiction i have a question (laughs) uh which which one of you last week predicted that that she would tell danny that she was out getting sick she was out getting uh uh, petition signatures she was (laughs) was gone overnight good call because she that's what she said she said oh i went to the i went to a 24-hour pharmacy and okay the thing that blew me away is danny is so self-obsessed he didn't even question that he was like oh okay Poor me. It's interesting that it wasn't really a confrontation scene. Right. Like you, I know. Like you've got the, you've got the, you know, the last episode ending with him looking all, you know, teary eyed and mopey. And then mm-hmm. it's like the next day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So wait, wait, wait. I'm fascinated by this because I think I completely read this differently. And I think it's entirely because I'm a man. When she said I had to go to the 24 hour pharmacy, I read that as feminine hygiene problems. Mm. No, no, I think she said I thought I would go to a 24-hour pharmacy and get some more signatures. Something, it was something like that. I thought that's, I thought that's what she said. Okay. I know she talks about a 24-hour pharmacy, but I guess there are many reasons that one would go to a 24-hour pharmacy in the middle of the night. Hmm. Okay, sorry. I don't I didn't mean to derail it. I'm just like oh, no. <laughs> I don't think that there would be a faster way to shut down a conversation with Danny than to talk about <laughs> Very the true. Very true. Absolutely. Yeah. So you could be right. Yeah. Although I will say I have never had to run out in the middle of the night. Um, right. That's usually something you keep stocked, you know. In but, your house, yes. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I, I did well. Maybe a story for another time. I did run out in the middle of a date one time. Oh, no. But I wasn't at my house. We did not end up together, and it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because of this incident. Oh, totally. Uh, Again, story for another day. But yeah, I mean, you're right. That would have shut Danny down because he wouldn't want to know anything about that because that's that's lady stuff, and Mm -hmm. uh, he's completely above that. Yeah. So 
Can we talk a little bit about the party? Because I was pretty fascinated. I mean, this is this is typical narrative television show being like, here's a weird nature event that happens that we're going to build an episode around <laughs> called uh-huh. the Grunion Funyun Run. And mm-hmm. sure, okay, so it, it fits very nicely into the show's environmental interest with regard to Danny's campaign. But I love the visual symmetry of like two different parties. I'm using air quotes because you can't see me. <laughs> you know, Danny and uh, the others on the beach having their kind of hedonistic drug fueled escapades. Mm-hmm. And then we've got this stiff upper lip party happening. And Sheila is just working her tail off. She is very effectively too. She is. She's not letting, she's, she's talking to the, uh, I forget the one, I don't know if the one character had a name, but you're talking about, oh, my husband was here. Like, like uh-huh. he almost kind of dismisses her and she just keeps going. She does not yes. let herself get shut down by him. Mm-hmm. Which I was really happy to see. Cause initially I thought it was going to be another one of these terrible, oh, men don't listen to her. Women don't respect her because she doesn't look and act the right way. So this mm-hmm. was really when I thought, yes, yeah, she like, get it. Don't let yourself be silenced. And she doesn't. And it works out really well for her. And part of me thought, oh, the reason it's working out really well is because Danny's nowhere in sight. Like, this is the Sheila show. Yeah, because he makes her feel small. But but Mm -hmm. my my favorite part about the scene is when she's talking to this guy. And initially, he says something like, oh, we... You know, I don't know why this happens. And then Sheila has a perfectly good explanation. Mm-hmm. And the guy just kind of laughs and says, well, I guess we'll never know. Because we'll never know. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. And then her voiceover, it's science. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't have to understand God's will. So. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's just like that's such a, like, a Twitter answer that, that well, mm-hmm. we'll oh I guess God, we'll, ne- yeah. we'll never know. And it's just No like, way to know why these fish do these things right outside. Yeah. But even this, I mean, again, like we we've learned that Sheila's background is in women's studies, and yet she completely understands the life cycle of a local fish. Like, <laughs> if Sheila wasn't so like standoffish and putting up defenses all the time, I would want to be her best friend. She's so smart and so talented at all these things. Like, it she's just such a fascinating character in that regard. Like, what can't she do? Right. And she's really funny, too, when she's not being super mean in her head. Like she's got she drops these little things. It's just nobody else can hear them. (laughs) It's a really good example of, you know, how we don't know what people are really like because they're they're so used to feeling shut down and small by other people, whether it's, you know, it's from their parents or their partners or their boss. It's just, you know, you don't really get a chance to know the full person that they are. Yeah, and I don't think Sheila has ever had a chance to see who she can be. Like, because we also see her in a class, and it's like she's got it. She's got the hang of it. Like, the people are responding to her. She see, she's being pretty, like, motivational, you know? And it was, I found myself afraid that Dandy would show up to the party and really glad that he didn't. Right. Um, because, yes, yeah, she is kind of allowed to kind of be herself and, like, work to her strengths without having to worry about Danny over there talking to somebody and just ruining it with his, like, dish mop of a personality <laughs> and then like later on she says i raised two thousand dollars tonight and it's almost like she's saying it to herself you know mm. so what do we what do we think about uh if there's any meaning behind john bream leaping away from the water like it's like like boiling acid coming towards him hmm. yeah i definitely read that as he is afraid of the water i mean obviously either he can't swim or he has suffered some kind of trauma Mm. Yeah, I kind of read that as 
Probably that, but I, I don't know why my brain went to like he doesn't want it to mess up his pants. Yeah, I was you know? I was thinking I was thinking it was more that he's just so fussy that that like even though he's at like a you know a beachside party, mm-hmm. he can't bear the idea of like you know his shoes might get a little wet or something. Yeah, right. he seems very tightly wound. Indeed, and yet he's walked away from the party to kind of either contemplate his thoughts or get away from these other people. Like I am very interested in this character and particularly Mm -hmm. the way he interacts with Sheila because I think he clearly regards her as a competitor, as an equal, as someone that he is curious about. And then he definitely wants to have sex with her. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Hello. She wants to have sex with him too. We all saw her check out his ass. (laughs) Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. It's a pretty nice one, so I can't blame her, but yes. Yeah, he. Uh, I loved his little joke too. Like I'm saying, joke in air quotes too, because <laughs> it's like, it, it just seems so awkward. But then he has that little smirk, and I'm just fascinated by him. And it, it's like the actor, and I can't remember the actor's name, but I've seen him play so many different characters, like types of characters, that it's hard for me not to transfer a lot of that onto this character because we know so little about him right now. Hmm. Yeah, it's one of the strengths and challenges of being really wrapped up in Sheila's head is that if she doesn't know more about a character, we have no opportunities to learn anything else about them. Yeah. Did you notice what she thought in her head about his wife, though? Like I she did, said, she's and I thought pretty. of you, Yeah, did you? <laughs> yeah, because I, I knew that you would be interested that this feels like the first time she really compliments another woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like she, the old habit kicks in. But the first thing she thought was like a kind thought, you know, and a non-competitive thought. I can't help but wonder if that's Greta's influence starting to rub off on her. I think it might be, you know, just seeing that other people are humans and maybe kind of an understanding that maybe other people have this this kind of internal monologue in their head too and just extending empathy and I don't think she is aware of any of this you know I don't think this is an intentional thing for her but also like I think it's probably the effect of her finding this other thing like this aerobics and I think it is an obsession and it's borderline unhealthy obsession at this point Mm -hmm. but I I do think she's getting empowerment out of it and she's making connections with the women in her classes too she's like yeah use those like being kind of open about her criticism of herself and saying, yeah, you can use this. We can build things, you know, and it's not, we don't have to be terrible to ourselves all the time. Yeah. I'm interested. I can't remember which of you said it last week, but I think you speculated that we might see Bream's wife show up in one of her classes. And at the time I just thought to myself, oh no, that's absolutely not going to happen. And now (laughs) I'm actually more convinced that I do think in the future, there's going to be some awkward interactions as I don't think she'll be there spying, but I definitely think that, yeah, you're right. Sheila's going to continue to make connections with other women. And I think Bream's wife will be one. Oh, I I definitely think she'll be there to spy. I think that, Reem is going to start spending time with her mm. And, mm. And, and probably like kind of casually mentioning her to the wife and the right. wife's going to go to the classes to kind of you know, size her up a bit. I, de- I definitely yeah. think that's going to happen. 
Interesting. Well, because we know that Bream is starting, I I think of it as he's starting a blockbuster or something. He's starting some kind of video thing. She wants to make videos. So I wonder like there, she might approach him as kind of a business thing. And she also said, fuck the campaign. So I'm curious to see how involved she stays with Danny's campaign as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you folks think that this will be a turning point? Like at this point, we are not even at the halfway point of the season. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to leave the campaign behind any time in the future. And not just because, Gina, you've read reviews that tell us <laughs> we are not going to. No, I, I think she I think that she and Danny are probably going to sort of work out a deal with each other. That, you know, she'll stick around to help him. Like, I think he's going to grudgingly see that he really can't do this without her. Right. Regardless of what Jerry may say. Because I think think Jerry at this point, because they so desperately need money for the campaign, and because Jerry just, you know, finds that idea, you know, abhorrent. You know, I think that he's just going to be he's he's going to become a liability to the campaign mm-hmm. that Danny isn't going to let him be able to let go of just because, you know, he's his friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only a matter of time. Jerry is a ticking time bomb for Danny. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, he's going to kind of be talking out of both sides of his mouth. We're sort of going along with what Jerry says while also, you know, kind of letting Sheila take the wheel and things because she actually is the one who, you know, knows what she's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how fo- how much Sheila is going to follow through with this, too. You know, I would like to think that she really is done with the campaign. But, I mean, I could also see her just, like, starting the episode. Like, this one started where we thought there might be a confrontation with where she was. And it's just like, oh, no, no. You know, things are the same. You know, let's just not talk about it. Okay. Well, that, that seems like a perfect opportunity <laughs> to go into the scene that we... I'm not sure if we're hesitant to address it or just we're like, we all see right through it, but we should talk about what happens between Sheila and Danny when she comes back from the party. Uh, He is stoned out of his mind and she really puts her foot down. Like she tells him if he's into it, like if he's into this campaign, then he needs to step up and he grovels and I think nearly cries Mm-hmm. Of course, the next morning, he's back to his usual self. And I think Jen, you rightfully said he does this when he's high or drunk. But mm-hmm. this was illuminating for me. Yeah, th- that was really frustrating for me because I did have a husband that I would come home to not quite parties like that, but just like bonkers shit. And th- a lots of times people when they're high say a lot of stuff. And it's like you get to that true emotion because I really do feel like that's how he sees Sheila in a lot of ways but Mm -hmm. I think he's also got this layer of thinking that he is supposed to be dominant in the relationship and I think another part of the morning is that he's hung over and he doesn't feel good and he just kind of he lashes out exactly or falls back into patterns you know but it's interesting to me that he cleans up you know like right. he, he lets her go to bed and says, clean up. Of course, I also want to see how much he actually cleaned up. <laughs> <laughs> Everything showed under the couch. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yep. That's what he did. I was like, do you see this pile of stuff? <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> Gina, what do you think? How did you read this scene? Well, I think it makes it even more frustrating because I think he does care about her. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I think that he really wants their lives to go back to the very carefree days of, of you know, being college sweethearts and not really having any responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And he resents her for having to grow up, even though everybody has to grow up. Mm-hmm. One thing I think is interesting, and, and I don't want to use the word daring, it just adds a, another dimension to this show is I don't think either of them are, even, are in the slightest bit interested in being parents. Mm-mm. Oh. They, they barely talk to this child. And, 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 and I realize she's like four, and, and, and four-year-olds aren't really a wellspring of conversation. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, there's a point now where they're constantly just passing her back and forth between the two of them. Yeah. You know, she, mm-hmm. She's obviously starting to act out. She's mostly just kind of screaming a lot and demanding to be held and... and you know, I, you never see them playing with her. It's no. you know, you know, take her to the take her to the preschool. You know, you know, hand her off to Danny, hand her off to Sheila. You know, hand her off to the babysitter. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, you guys had a kid. Now it's not like you know she was an accident they had in college. You know, she's only four, so mm-hmm. you know they 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 had had her presumably well into their marriage. But I, I get the sense that they had the kid because they felt they were supposed to have a kid. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that that is a big issue that happens to a lot of people who were born in the 70s as this child, was it Maya, I think her name is? Yes. Maya. Uh, that, that Maya would be, is that you, you were born to these kind of, you know, aging hippie parents who never really wanted to have kids. They, yeah. just, they just kind of fell into the, you know, the buy a house, get married, have a kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what you do right whereas you know a lot of people a lot of people now are getting married and making the choice to not have a child because it's not so i mean it is still still kind of controversial but 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 not as much as it used to be i mean mm-hmm. you know yeah. 40 years ago it was unheard of a, a you know comfortably comfortably well off you know attractive white couple not having a child please yeah no. there's something wrong with them right or and I, i'm not saying that but no yeah, no no no, was, no that's that's the, the perception though it's like of course you're gonna have a child we, you're exactly gonna, you're gonna have more than one child Mm-hmm. well and i get the sense too that they don't even really like each other that much oh no, you know no, like no, no, no. we have that conversation about how like he pissed her parents off you know and i think she really kind of is with him as a source of validation in a lot of ways which is why like the i'm, I'm not cool i just pretend to be cool for you and he gives her that validation that she needs and then and i now i'm thinking she's gonna start getting that from john and from tyler yeah. and from her students you know Oh, yeah. I mean, Danny doesn't realize it, but his relationship is in huge trouble right now because Sheila's about to start getting recognized. Like, we see it here, right? Bream sees her as competition and he's interested. She's getting accolades from Ernie about how well she handles herself at the party. Mm -hmm. She's got a class full of students who are going to start depending on her. And yeah, she's making waves with Tyler, potentially starting (laughs) to do some videos. Like... Danny is about to get cut out of this and part of this is fascinating because we know that that's where it's headed by virtue of the 1986 present day scenes Mm -hmm. and yet there's something so compelling about watching this marriage slowly implode yeah okay so next week we will get to episode five and that is the halfway point of this first season so I am curious to know where is the show going to go next? Um, well, what I want to happen, 
I want more Tyler time. Again, <laughs> yeah, we got right. we got no bunny time this episode. I know that's boy. true. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler's just got this smirk that I just very much appreciate. Um, oh gosh, you two are thirsty. <laughs> Um, But what I want to happen, more so than story as far as pacing, is I want her to move forward with this video thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want three more episodes where she's making her plans or she's having these ideas. Like, we've had two episodes where she's had an epiphany of what she wants to do, and I want to see that in the next episode. Okay, so you want follow through. I do, yeah. I want to. I want to get this stuff moving because, I mean, assuming we're covering like what's five years in the season from eighty one to eighty six. I still don't think that the end game is to get to eighty six by the end of this season. Mm. Yeah, and maybe I want that because I want to see some fun aerobics. But I also, <laughs> you know, I would like for this to stretch out because I am really digging the show. Okay, but still follow through. Got it. I yeah. I one hundred percent agree with Jen that that her collaborating with Bream is going to focus on his his burgeoning video store business. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's going to be a, a, a definite plot twist. I, I mean, I just know that, that at some point, Danny is going to feel so threatened that he's just going to break down and sleep with Simone. I know that's going to happen. Right. And, and, yeah. and, and I need that to happen to get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. I don't want mm-hmm. it to happen. I just, I just, I want it to get out of the way. Yeah, because we all know it's coming. So it's more like, can we just pull the bandaid off? Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I can't, you you know, it's probably not going to end with with Jerry being murdered and thrown in the back of a car. (laughs) I don't think the show's pretty dark. I don't know if it's that dark. Yeah. I do think in the middle stretch of the season here, what we're going to start to see is Sheila finding ways to either undermine or subvert Jerry's effects on Danny to the point where Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up blackmailing Jerry to get rid of him. That would be delightful. Mm. I love that. Humiliation. If I can't get murder, I'll take humiliation. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, he could enlist Tyler or she could enlist Tyler to help him. That seems like something he'd be down for. (laughs) Jen. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm I'm calming down. (laughs) Someone bring a fan over to Jen's house, please. Uh, okay well we would love to hear your thoughts on this because we've been recording these episodes in a vacuum so we need to start hearing from people about what you think the show is going to do next where is it headed so if people want to speculate jen how would they get a hold of you you can find me on social media at Jim Ferratu. Uh, send me all of your Tyler love and thoughts. And um, you can also find me co-hosting the Losers Club podcast and the Psychoanalysis podcast. Um, yeah. Excellent. And Gina? Uh, if you want to form a, a Jerry hate society with me, you can, <laughs> you can do that on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Porcelain72, and I am also the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast. Nice. Yes. Gita is collecting uh, signatures on killing Jerry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go to those 20, I will sign. Get those 24-hour pharmacies. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, and you can reach me at to be stole my remote and that's the letter B and you can hear my podcast horror queers every Wednesday. So that is the end of another episode of white ladies in crisis. Just give a quick shout out to the anatomy of a screen pod squad network. Be sure to check in on the other pods on the network. Give them a little bit of love. And uh, yeah, we will see you back here next week for physical episode five when White Ladies in Crisis continues.
Scream Pod Squad.